Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, my mom asked me that question. My mom asked me that question. How did it feel? That's a good question. You know what? Um, you you, you got to embrace it. You know, I, even when I was away from Nebraska, I'm always going to love Nebraska. And, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be here. But at the end of the day, I understand it's a business. And the business is to win. And I understand that. You know, they're not going to keep me here because I played at Nebraska. They're going to keep me here because I can win. But, listen, I'm loving it. I'm loving being back, um, reuniting with a lot of old friends. But I think, you know, I think, you know, I like the way things are right now. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host. Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Redcast Nation has grown to over 17,000 followers, and I just want to thank you all for the support over these five years. Go Big Red. Five years, that's all been, huh? All be damned. Yeah, glorious. <laughs> uh, also with Boomer. Well, I'd just like to proudly announce that after round one of the AFL, uh, St. Kilda, North Melbourne, and Honky's own Richmond Tigers all uh, lost the first round. So our sports <laughs> fandom is proceeding as as it, as always. So hurrah, uh, everyone. Yeah, it's uh, on par for all of our sports teams, it feels <laughs> like. Go Bruce. Uh, also with Redcast Rob. Well, guys, after uh, my entire podcasting career, I can't say that... You know, after our interview with Sip last week, I've, n- I've never seen anything like that with the n- number of people that have listened to us. I've, I've just never seen anything like that. No, not in all my time as a podcaster. You've had a very short life as a podcaster, Rob. Yeah, that that is that is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we have ambitions to be like, you know, the worldwide wide leader of, you know, Husker Nebraska sports. football podcasts, and yeah, yeah, maybe we're not that far away. I don't know for certain, Honky, uh, considering we have 17,000 followers. Is that what you just said? Yeah, well, at least within Redcast Nation social media, probably a couple of duplicates in there, but uh, you know, we don't we don't get into that. Well, I have yeah. six different Twitter accounts, four different Facebook accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have an entire Twitter conversation with myself with four different accounts, so it's it's awesome. That's, that explains that's... a lot, to be honest with you. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Well, nobody else um, would listen to me. Well, uh, Honky, I know that uh, you know we had a great interview there last week with Stephen M. Sipple, excuse me, uh, the Lincoln Journal star, and uh, we've got another interview coming up this week, right? Yeah, uh, tomorrow night, mark your calendars, Redcasters. At 8.30, we'll be talking with Tyler Kai, Associate Athletic Director of Leadership Gifts and Capital Projects. And so there'll be some, you know, the the Go Big project going on on the north side of the stadium and everything. There's a, a lot going on right now. And, uh, of course, Rob, as usual, our, red, or our Redcast uh, promo code. Oh, yeah. So if you're on uh, – if you go to Herd App Media and, and uh, go to, uh, well, like, if you want to subscribe to Hill Varsity or you want to purchase one of these cool hats or pretty soon we're going to have some really cool red red cast merchandise and, and some stickers available. If you want to order any of that, you go into uh, herdat.com and, and uh, enter Redcast at checkout and you'll receive $10 off the first year 
of your subscription to Hale Varsity. But then, like I said, go in there and buy up all of our merch for us. I know a couple of things have actually already sold out. So at least that's what it says on the site. I, I'm not quite sure exactly what that means, but it's sold those out. Those hats, that, like the one you're wearing right now, is going going fast. Well, you know, I mean, Honky bought one and so did I. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, three of your burner counts. Stock, right? they had a production run of five. It's so called, that's, it's called, know, it's, yeah. card, uh, it's called par levels, Dave. You don't want to over order anything because you don't want to just be sitting. Boomer, you're the uh, economist here. Like it's a scarcity. That's a, that's a thing, right? Or like, yeah, it's kind of like diamonds, you know, the De Beers diamond cartel kind of keeps the artificial scarcity to make them, make them bigger demand than there actually should be for them. So yeah, people right. are snapping them up, you know, every, every chance they get keeps that price high. So, right. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, all right, Honk. Well, I, I think we're going to talk a little football, a little basketball and baseball, but let's start with some scarlet colored glasses. Yeah. Well, we, we did the tweets of the week and, uh, today was uh, media day for practice and they're back after having the, their week off for spring break. And so we have a couple different tweets here. One from Stephen M. Sybil, a good friend of the Redcast that was on last week. The clubhouse leaders in Nebraska's punt return competition this spring are Trey Palmer, Tommy Hill, and Brody Belt. Said Brody's a natural punt returner. He's a natural kickoff returner or kick returner and an off returner. I really like where those those three guys are at, Bill Bush said. And, and Boomer is our special teams coordinator, so he can talk about uh, what an off returner is in a little bit. Um, Hale Varsity had one on punter Brian Buschini uh, talking about kicking outside on Tuesday, and it was really cold and windy today. And Bush talked about how that's uh, helpful to get him training in those kind of conditions. And then uh, last but not least, Brian Christopherson wrote about a guy who keeps coming up uh, from the QB, from the special teams, and from the wide receivers coach is Brody Belt. Brody's a football player. Brody's, Brody's probably the best football player on this team. You know, when it's, when y'all were all you talk about football player, I think he's a he's a football player. He's smart. He's got high football IQ. I think he um, he can move. He can play Z. He can play R. He can play running back. He can do a lot of things. He can play special teams. So he brings a lot to the table. And I think you know we we're excited to have Brody on our team. You know, so um, you know I think the the sky's the limit for Brody. So I guess maybe you know we'll start with that here. You know, the they're back at practice again. Uh, from those tweets there, uh, Dave, I'll, I'll start with you here and I'll show them again. Anything, you know, kind of come off the, the page for you that that's uh, interesting? Well, apparently it's Brody Belt. I mean, he's, he's coming right off the assembly line uh, being a, a real football player. Uh, we don't know exactly what that means compared to the rest of the hundred and some guys out there. I hope they're all football players. But Boomer, I mean, maybe maybe you could um, elaborate on the off returner. I'm guessing maybe that's where we only have like 10 guys on the field and he's off the field. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be far too common with our special teams for a scenario like that. <laughs> the last year, oh, that's the off yeah. returner. <laughs> yeah, no, what essentially, in a nutshell, the off returner is when you have the two guys backfielding the ball, you've got the one who's primarily going to be the focus to receive the ball if you know which direction the kicker is going to kick it, which also isn't a guarantee for us on special teams. But the off returner is the other guy back there, and his job is to make sure that the, the, the kick is fielded cleanly and then, you know, to let the the upper guys know where they need to go and his job is to get there and make that, you know, first initial kind of, you know, lead the way and make that big key block to kind of spring everything out there for the actual guy that fields the ball and catches it. And it's essentially, yeah. So it's a very important part of the game. So especially in the kickoff return to have a good eye, know where the ball is and know where you need to make the block. So gotcha. So the off returner is your second best kick returner. Doesn't necessarily have to be even a kick returner. It's just uh, yeah, you're the guy who can block really essentially. So yeah. right. or at least know where he's supposed to be standing and 
where everyone's supposed to be anyway, which again, hasn't been a guarantee for us. So, so well, did like Michigan state have an off punt returner that caught it and returned it against us? Or, or is this yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's well, I mean, you said, it. you said we're not quite sure always when the, where the other team is going to kick it, but in our defense, we don't always even know where we're going to kick it. So <laughs> that's very, that's going to change this year, Rob. It, yeah. Let's, well, you know. And Bush today, you know, had a chance to talk quite a bit about, you know, no, just some of his uh, some of his philosophy on it. And look, I mean, I love what he talked about. You know, it was a it was a crappy day here in Lincoln. It was cold. It was rainy. It was windy. And he brought up kind of like a, how how uh, golfers, professional golfers, when it's a crappy day out like that, they get out onto the links so that they can practice in those kinds of conditions. And he said that basically the same thing here. We're going to practice. We're going to kick and wind and and rain and he wanted to get that team out there today and and Bashimi again kicking the ball and hitting the the roof I mean there seems like we we have something different with our punter this year that we haven't had in previous years and Boomer you've hit on this a, a number of times over the last five years that special teams kind of is important so uh you know I'll take that as a, as a net positive at least through a couple of weeks of spring yeah at least we seem to be once again saying we're doing the right things so let's let's hope would actually translate to something on the field. But, yeah, I think we've all known, you know, any of our loyal podcast listeners over, was it five years now, Honky? I think hopefully they, if they've learned anything, special teams is kind of important here and there. So, you know, special teams, folks. So let's see if it translates to something this year. So, You know, that reminds me of uh, a story when the um, Jerry World opened up for the Cowboys, you know, Mm in 2008 or so. I was down there at the time, and uh, one of the visiting punters during a preseason game hit the scoreboard um and they're like oh my goodness this is a disaster they put the scoreboard too low this is always going to happen blah 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 um have you have you heard of a a punt getting you know knocked down by the scoreboard at cowboy stadium since no but i think alex henry even hit it uh, when during one of the big 12 title games yeah um, i mean so I, it's, it's, it's quite possible it's usually by in, intent you're yeah, it's not, it's not say a good kick. Rough. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I want uh, Bushimi to actually practice like uh, coffin corner kicks, for example, would be more exciting to hear mm-hmm. than he's hitting the roof because that means mm-hmm. he's practicing that opposed to kicking the ball really high. Yeah, and Bush actually referred to net yardage and what it would take to get really good net yardage is kicking it, not out kicking your coverage. It's He mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily want to see a guy kicking it 60 yards just for the sake of it and having – a return with 20 yards open around him. I mean, he'd rather have it be a 45 yard kick with the gunners right on him. So, uh, you know, again, there's just, it was hearing a lot more philosophy there from him today than maybe I've heard the last couple of times. And he's, you know, this is a big deal. Special teams is a big deal right now. And, and I'm buying into it. Okay. Um, the other tweets of the week for the, the football uh, go outside of uh, just this team of outside of Nebraska, but, uh, for one, we always talk about in-state recruiting. There's Malachi Coleman, and he has uh, an offer now from the defending national champs. So, I mean, his offer list, if, big if deal. he's got Georgia, it's going to be anyone, right? I mean, anybody can be going after him. I still like our chances. I still – I'm so appreciative and love having Mickey Joseph here, and I think that's going to make a huge difference for us. But, uh, yeah, that list is only going to grow for him, and so he's he's an important one for us. Um and then the other tweets have to deal with NIL. And we talked quite a bit about that last week with uh, Sipple. And the first one was uh, the competition for NIL. And this is from us. <laughs> the competition for NIL is heating up across the college landscape. Case in point, on Wednesday, Urban Meyer was announced as the newest board member of the foundation. 
an organization aimed at helping Ohio State athletes land name, image, and likeness deals. And then Big Game Boomer uh, sent out one saying Tennessee just got a top prospect for $8 million. That's more than the entire coaching staff makes. It won't be long before we have an NIL salary cap in college football. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. And we've had tweet, you know, text discussions amongst our group about, about that. There's a lot of things that go into it. But it what's interesting is just how big of a, a, a change, cataclysmic change really has happened in less than a year since it went into effect. And uh, one of the things that Sipple talked about last week, Dave, and I thought this was really interesting, I'm going to play the, the audio from it, is that he talked about how Trev has even told him that he's kind of prepping for a day where, where NIL might even get brought in-house. Let's go, let's play that right here. Now, here's the big thing. Here's the, like, you know, I've talked to Trev about this stuff at length, Trev Alberts. Um, what's, what's really interesting to me is where this is probably going. I mean, there's pending litigation. You'd have to Google it, but I think where it's probably three years away where the, where there will be, you know, it'll, it'll be more uniform because the schools will be paying the money. Um, that's, I, I don't think we're too, too long from that happening, mm. too far from that happening. I'd mm. say three or four years. Then it's going to be, it's going to get really strange. It's, I think it'll be even more strange in some ways because there's there's a school of thought that it could be just football that's paying players mm-hmm. and the rest of this the rest of the sports wouldn't um, that's one school of thought but what Trev's gearing up for is to make I mean he's making a lot of financial decisions within the athletic department right now that are geared toward the eventuality of the school paying the players so he so he's his whole line of thinking is if this comes to pass, which it could, then they better have, I don't know. I'd, I'd hate to, I almost hate to put a number on, but I'd say in the 40 to $50 million range, ready to roll. Um, that's a lot. That's a significant amount of money. Dave, I know our eyes, both of our eyes went wide open as he said that and the eyebrows go up. It's like 40 to 50 million, but also just the fact that that's that, you know, look, there's no guarantee. I don't know that that's what's going to happen, but at least there's they're prepping for that. Do you and can you see that happening in four or five years, like Sip was saying? Well, I think Sip really hit the nail on the head there about you know it being football only. I mean, in that scenario, football is breaking off from the NCAA, at least from a Power Five, you know, structure standpoint. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else you get to that point. Um, and that forty-five to fifty million is a huge number. Um, you know, you have a, had a tweet up there that I'm sure you'll get to about Tennessee paying eight million potentially mm-hmm. for their five star quarterback. And there's an article I think on the Athletic uh, talking about how their their um, foundation, um, right, their uh, collective um, is trying to build up a war chest of 25 to 30 million annually to to oh, recruit with. Right, um, that's happening already. So I guess that number doesn't sound so outlandish once you start to actually roll it into a, um, a university structure. The bigger question or bigger questions is really actually how that all happens, right? Because, I mean, it just can't – I don't know how it functions today like that. I mean, it, it could get there. It feels like it might take a little bit longer than three years, but – Well, yeah. Boomer, Boomer, we just need some guidance from the NCAA on this on how to set that up and everything will work just fine, right? Well, sure, absolutely, and they've been so uh, proactive and forthcoming with ideas and guidance you know, to start with this whole thing, which is how we ended up with NIL <laughs> the way it is. Hope, really? Yeah, I, I think Dave's probably hit it right on the head that 
you know, if and when this does happen, kind of the way Simple suggests, is that it is going to be a scenario where football has separated itself from the rest of the sports because I, it's just you don't see how you could do this with all the other sports. And then, like you said, the Power Fives may just have to do this separately. We talked about it with Simple. I mean, if you're a UTEP, how do you compete with this? I mean, you're already behind the eight ball with so much in terms of, you know, recruiting and facilities and coachings and just that arms race in general. How does it – how do you even – you're not even on the same field anymore when it, when it comes to now we're yeah. spending, you know, you 30 to 40 to $50 million dollars recruiting players. Yeah. It's just, you're playing a different game at this point. I mean, this is, you know, essentially minor league pro ball at that point is what it is. Uh, this is, it's totally different. And mm-hmm. I think what you might end up saying is something like, you know, maybe do you start considering the football players employees at the university? That's how something like this could, yep, could go. Right. And then it's, that opens up its own questions of, you know, Employee. insurance and all those other things and unionization. And, but that's where you could get the the limits and the salary caps and so on and so yeah. forth. On the sport you can't because, get a salary you know, cap today. Yeah. Right now you can't have one, just the nature of it. So decentralized, but if you did say, all right, the football team are now employees yeah. of the university. We all agree. We're going to have this kind of structure. That's where you start seeing some of those things, I think. So. Yeah, that was producer Skip's point. I think in one of those texts was that you know they they can't unionize right now, so they, there's no collective bargaining agreements or anything. They can just go out and nil. It's completely wild west right now. But you know yeah. the thought of football being taken outside of the NCAA isn't that crazy of a thought right now? Because think about what's happened in the last couple of years with COVID. Um, we've already learned what the NCAA has control and not control over. They don't control the bowls, they don't control scheduling, and they don't control the playoff. So when they came in and shut down March Madness, they did that because the NCAA owns that. When they came in and shut down College World Series because of COVID, they own that. They couldn't do that when it came to football. Football already was outside the NCAA's you know, purview when, when it came to that. And they just, you know, it was up to each individual conference for how you wanted to schedule or don't schedule your games. So, you know, you start to put some dots together here. I mean, it, it wouldn't be crazy to think that that could happen. Now, again, there's how – the how is a big thing. I don't know how you do that. And that's way above my pay grade, but it was just interesting. I thought when Sip said that and, uh, um, and you know, it's something to keep an eye on, I think, because th- these numbers, the $8 million for one guy, the 25 million a year, Dave, that the athletic wrote about those numbers aren't going to sound crazy in a couple months, you know, Dave no. or no. Sipple last week was telling you that, you know, Nebraska is far ahead in the NIL game. And I, I true, I think we are, but I, I don't think it'll take long for other teams to catch up either. And there's going to be money thrown around. No, well, there's not. what 36 collectives amongst 29 schools, I think is what the number I saw on yeah, that article about the, yeah. about the uh, Tennessee player there. Um, and the 8 million is spread out actually through his junior year. So it's closer to like, what mm-hmm. is that? Like uh I, 2. I can't a year. even two point yeah two point five a year yeah. and and plus there was like some kind of like a signing bonus as well I think that was included in that which my lord I mean this is a he's high only school the kid fourth best quarterback in the class yeah and, but I mean overall, but he's, I mean what so, do you think Arch so, Manning's going to get if this guy just got eight million honk I mean Arch Manning will literally have a you know, I'm, he'll get his own Papa John's franchise. I mean, this is, <laughs> he's probably, he's probably, he's probably going to start getting paid in like, what, how old is he now? He'll, yeah. he'll be a senior in football this year in high school. Yeah. So, 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 do you, so is he going to sign a deal now? He's like, I mean, where's he? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like to the point 
it's like to the point now where, you know, you're going to see some of these kids a lot like the ones that are showing like commitments in like their sophomore, junior year to colleges, right? Like mm -hmm. you're going to start seeing kids in high school walking around and, you know, driving brand new cars. And so yeah. different states have different rules on that yeah. school wise. Texas, notoriously, obviously, does not allow their high school players to profit. That's why um, you went to Ohio State. Other states are, are different. So, I mean, that could be interesting. Yeah, which is yeah, ironic because Texas lets people do everything else. So. Pretty much. Yeah, we did have a few NIL-related questions while we're here. Uh, first one I just kind of threw up there. Uh, Jeremy Brandt, any chance we can get a big enough NIL deal to get Cam to come back? Which is that, Cam? I mean, yeah, is that Cam Is that Cam Mack? Is that Cam Taylor Britt? Is <laughs> you that, choose. I don't know. Just whichever Cam, Cam you Mack. like. That would be uh, a good yeah. one, Dave. <laughs> uh, or Cam Jurgens, maybe that's Cam that's Newton. Great. He's uh, is he Cam Newton right now? Yeah. He might have some eligibility left. I don't and know. By, well, he never had, had to Newton. begin with Boomer. Yeah, yeah, Cam Cam Newton had good NIL deals back in 2009 or whenever it was. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think we can get Cam Jurgens back, um, as far as I can tell. But hey, you never know. No, probably not. And then a uh, loyal listener, Ken, uh, asked a. Uh, Will NIL and the portal shift college football back to being a more regional sport in terms of recruiting? Would and you have a better shot at keeping the 500 mile radius kids in the program? I don't know. I mean, is the is the dollar worth more in Nebraska than it is in Alabama? What's the exchange rate right now? <laughs> oh, if, I, I mean, I, I mean, the cost of living's better. Um, I mean, I guess the NIL deals might might be better if they're already locally known from a high school perspective, right. You know, I could see Malachi Coleman might be able to dr draw bigger numbers staying home because he already has name recognition here where in Alabama he's, you know, would just be getting into a bigger, you know, fishbowl. I mean, I could see that, yeah. but I mean, I think it, it, it could be a little bit of both. I think a better question would be is, are we going to, is this going to help us recruiting outside of the 500? You know what I mean? The, some of those like four and five yeah. stars. I mean, you to your point I mean? of, that, yeah, I, yeah, I, Dave, don't agree with me. That throws me off. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's what Sip was getting at last week. Yeah. And I mean, like, this is going to continue to play out. But I mean, and, and maybe we're ahead of 90% of the programs. Maybe Tennessee's one of them that might be ahead of us because they're they're trying to have $25 million of. And they'll um, still finish like, third or fourth in their own conference. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever. Which we are. I shouldn't that's talk. Point. I, I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I think. I think what Sip's getting at there is that I think we are very active on, you know, trying to have something like this collective being able to fund significant mm -hmm. recruiting efforts and, and player retainment efforts. And, um, you know, I mean, it might, we might, might not be too far away from seeing a, our first, you know, million dollar signee. I don't, I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, you know, it's different from, uh, you know, trying to bring a coach in here when it comes to the cost of living, like simple said that a lot of these guys, the, the volleyball players that are getting free housing. I mean, cost of living isn't even really a part of this. If you're free is free, right? I mean, if that's what comes with your NIL deal is you get a car, or you get a, you get a free place to live. Um, I, I don't know that that's really going to affect someone from inside or outside the 500 miles, but I think your point, Dave, about if you're an insider inside the 500 miles and, and you have a connection already to the state that that might be able to bring you some more money here than it would somewhere else, just because you're, your local name recognition. All right, Jim Cobb, what NIL will what NIL will do regionally for Nebraska or Big Ten teams nearby Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin who won't have the NIL money to offer that Nebraska has will? Yeah, I mean that that that, that seems to be the case right now. Let, let's 
see if that holds up. It's, we've you know talked last week about how Wisconsin seemed to have been unable to put together a package for Caleb Williams to make him uh, a viable candidate there at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it, it feels like the the storyline would be that the alumni base and the boosters at Iowa, and Minnesota aren't as enamored with this idea as maybe folks in Nebraska are. Um, but all it takes is a couple deep pockets at any of those, um, you know, booster clubs to change that. So um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I yeah. think that could be the case. Well, yeah, I think every team's not really in the recruiting model for any of those schools anyway. I mean, those, those schools literally build their programs off a lot of like, you know, three and four star recruits, right. That, that, they that stay for three four years at a time right like that's, sure but i think their, their point model. here is is that i mean opposed to saying we need to go get five stars across the country or even five stars locally i mean this could be simple a simple advantage of what's saying that we are going after the same guy that wisconsin's going after or iowa or minnesota which happens all the time yeah um and and we can put it together an nli package for two hundred thousand for this guy for, for the next three years and they can't put together anything. Maybe that makes a difference. Yeah. That's true. Like maybe we could have gotten, what's his name? Son. Uh, he plays for Iowa now. No, no, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> but, but, Wisconsin, kind of but Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin has, Wisconsin's had some issues getting NIL in place. I think in a place like Iowa, it'll be interesting with a guy like Ferentz as, as coach, old school yeah. guy. Does he embrace it or not? And we've talked a little bit about Iowa in the past where they've had, they haven't had a lot of players leave for the portal, so they haven't had to bring in a lot of players from the portal either. Now, if that starts to change, what if Iowa starts to lose players because, hey, I can go and make NIL somewhere else? Existing players, not just high school recruits, but an existing guy leaves because I can go somewhere else, Nebraska or elsewhere, and yeah. make, make more money. I mean, then now you got to start playing the game. And, you know, how willing is he to embrace that? I don't know. Yeah, you combine this with the transfer portal and the immediate eligibility um, one-time immediate eligibility rule, and you you can really it's a free agent market for um, players from uh, lower conferences or other teams that um, you know you can you can draw. From. And now, Nebraska ball. Well, let's uh, Dave. Should we move on to Nebraska ball? Do yeah, absolutely. There's some more tweets of the week here from Nebraska ball. Yeah, so uh, let's start off with. Uh, it uh, wasn't a surprise that uh, Bryce McGowan's did uh, officially put himself into the NBA draft. And here's a, a tweet from Donovan Williams, Lincoln, Lincoln kid that uh, went down to Oklahoma State, but uh, is in the transfer portal himself. We'll see what happens there. But uh, he said, go be great, uh, Bryce McGowan's. And then uh, speaking of transfer portal and Lincoln kids, Sam Greisel, uh, he was at North Dakota State for the last four years. He uh, tweeted out dreams to reality. There's no place like home. Let's rock Husker Nation committed. So he is back in Lincoln for next year. Uh, also today, we we learned that Eduardo Andre has put himself into the transfer portal, Dave. So we're starting to kind of get a little bit of an idea of what the roster is immediately looking like. And we also are getting a little bit of an idea of the coaching staff. Uh, Doc Sadler and Matt Abdelmassey are both uh, have been both let go from the staff as uh, Hoiberg starts to do his restructuring. Yeah, it's a it's a huge shift, right? I mean, uh, Hoiberg hasn't coached uh, in college ever without Matt Evelmassey on his on his bench. Um, he has been essentially his, um, you know, recruiter, player personnel guy this whole time, and the entire 
you know, roster has been built with his connections with AAU and, and high school coaches, uh, et cetera. And so, I mean, it's going to be really intriguing to see how Fred rebuilds this. Um, you know, the, the newspaper articles talk about how he's going to try to save the class with uh, Blaze Chiata and uh, um, Romeo Lloyd Jr. And, and others. And it could be really tough. Those are all Abdul Massey guys. It's not impossible, I guess, but I wouldn't say it's likely. Um, I mean, I think they all have other options. Um, but I mean, maybe Fred has had a better, um, you know, connection with him over the last month or two, and and maybe it's still the right spot for him. It's going to be really intriguging. It'll be intriguing to see see who he brings in uh, onto his coaching staff. It's also intriguing that uh, who who's stayed, right? Um, because Gates is still here. Is that right? And we haven't heard any move, movement yeah, from Gates. That was and then, the most obvious one, I would feel like, but maybe not. I don't know. It's well, his brother, I think, is he coaches at Missouri, if if I remember right. And there there was some thought that he might make the move to to go coach with his brother. I think it's at Missouri. I could be wrong. I don't here, know if but, it's Missouri, but I think that's the right storyline. His brother is yeah. was going to be a power five head coach. Um, and it was like, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then what players end up coming back, uh, you know, we've talked about Walker. We think, you know, good chance that he's going to come back. Um, you know, does Trey, you know, we didn't think Bryce would, but would Trey be able to come back? I mean, that's, um, and then Wilcher's, uh, you know, an important piece of this. And I'm, I'm yeah. sure that he's probably going to be back next year. So there's, and then getting guys like, uh, is it Breidenbach, the, the freshman, getting him healthy yep, and getting sure. him back, you know, so. Um, you know, there is a bit of a core of a team that we can bring back, which is important. We just can't keep completely flipping an entire roster over from scratch every single year and think that we're going to have any kind of success. But Boomer, anything on basketball from the <laughs> from the stands? No, uh, nothing yet. No, everyone was just kind of still talking <laughs> NIL, but yeah. So it was a, it was a rapid shift. They'll get they'll catch you on it. So yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I didn't even know Nebraska had a center on their team, so. <laughs> well, we don't play like we have one. It's it's a it's a five Walker, out system, Rob. As Walker, you know. Walker was the closest thing to a center I thought we had on there. So, mm. yeah, that's right. Well, you know, we're not going to be you know talking a lot more Nebraska ball probably in the the next few shows. So this is kind of closes Junior. out the season a little bit and and Mercifully. Uh, yeah, and then. But I mean, the next thing is within the next week or so, I'm, I'm sure we're going to start hearing new coaches being hired and. Transfer portal wise, do we have any like timelines? Like when do we, when do we think we're going to have a, a more finalized roster in place? I mean, is that something that can go deep into the summer or, you know, in the next yeah, couple of weeks? It, is it? it can go pretty deep. I don't know the exact schedule, but it's very different than football where you have a, just a few signing periods. It, it's much more wide open. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't have a good answer on that one. I think it's pretty fluid though. All right. So whoever we end up hiring, I'm sure they're also going to have some players, just like Abdul Massey would. I'm sure the new coaches that would come in would also have some connections and be bringing in some of their own guys. And yeah, that might yeah. Be I mean, the concern there, obviously, with any but any coach you bring in is, I mean, they're going to come in for that coach. You, you're going to have to trust. You know, there's got to be a trust factor between Fred and the new coach mm -hmm. that that is, that fit is going to work. All those things. I mean, there's a lot of work to get done. Um, to put together a roster that we think could be even remotely competitive in the big 10 next year. I mean, I mean, they had nine teams in the tournament this year, as we know. Well, that, that we're going to get to that in a second. What, 
how important though, Dave, do you think it is to get a coach, like at least one assistant coach? I guess Gates came from Northwestern. He was there for like a season or so, if I remember right. But how important is it that we get one of these assistants that would have Big Ten experience? It's a good question. I mean, on the surface, you'd say that sure wouldn't hurt um, to understand what it's going to take to win in this league. Um, I mean, he did have something like Doc Sadler, who did coach in the league. I mean, it wasn't extensive, but I mean, one year is enough to figure out what you have to do to win the Big Ten. And Gates was already there, too. Um, so it's still a little surprising that they haven't been able to put that together. But I, I would say that's probably a clear advantage for any assistant coach candidate. Hey, Boomer, there's another question from Ken McCone on there about uh, will Fred focus on not letting the best players get in Nebraska get away or will he keep recruiting hired guns who can't shoot worth a blank? And <laughs> and Dave, actually, I think you'll have the best answer for this because this is one of the things that, that we've talked about a hundred times. But, I mean, he brings in these guys and they can all shoot. I mean, they if they're transfers, things like that, he's bringing them in because they can shoot. That's his, that's his you know, MO, right? Like being able to hit those outside shots and then what happens when they get to Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, statistically speaking, they should be good shooters. They they were shot well wherever they were at, whether that was in high school, a JUCO, or some other Division One program, and then they or, or, or another country, <laughs> and then they come here and they can't hit the broadside of a barn. So or, I, I don't know why that is. But do we need I like think better backdrops? Maybe like in the arena, <laughs> well, like you know, is it is it the shooter's eye? Something's off with that because you know there's some arenas like. Steph Curry, right? He has problems in Madison Square Garden every year, like, and and sometimes she had problems you know, everywhere else too. Yeah, but right. That's the point. Um, or you get Teddy Buckets, who is making everything, you know, at uh, at the JUCO level, comes to Nebraska, can't hit anything, and then goes to New Mexico State and takes him to the second round. Well, he the... couldn't he couldn't hit anything the other night, so that's his yeah. that's his thing. Is he's either well, on hit, or he's yeah, he had thirty seven, and then he you know goes cold, yeah. right? But and, yeah. he, and he had the last game he played in Nebraska, he had what thirty. 39 or 40 i thought maybe yeah, 40. i thought it was like 42 or 43 or it was one like one point short of the record is that right yeah, yeah. Kowski that still had the had the record but i think that ken's point is is about nebraska players getting away i mean we got to start winning i mean yeah and i mean I, you know it's a chicken egg thing there a little bit right you know but i mean uh you know i mean chucky hepburn gets recorded to wisconsin and he goes off and plays in a top 10 team that's uh you know, highly seeded conference, you know, uh, uh, Big Ten team that you know, wins a share of the conference. Um, Isaac Trout is getting recruited by a national championship coach. I mean, we, I mean, you just got to start winning and then you're going to have better luck at getting those guys. You'd like to think that they want to play at home at Nebraska, but I mean, they don't. I mean, you know. Well, there has to be. Yeah. You have to show them something on the court too, and it's not just NIL. You know, there has to be more than just that to to attract these kids. Salas going to Gonzaga. You have obviously Creighton's uh, gotten a couple kids now. You know, in the last few years yep. too. And and um, but I think getting Sam Greisel back, it's interesting that that's you know the first domino on the to fall with the roster for next year, and that's a Lincoln East kid coming back from North Dakota State, where he was you know uh, an All Summit League level player. And then Donovan Williams, I'm just curious. I don't know. Maybe I'm making something out of nothing. But, uh, you know, he was committed to Tim Miles and then decommitted when basically Teddy Allen committed. So it, it yep, felt like good. a swap one for one. And uh, Donovan Williams ended up going down to Oklahoma State and playing there for two years. And 
now he's in the portal too. Maybe we can get him back. Yeah, I uh, take him. We talked about Big Ten play and what it was going to take to have success in the Big Ten, but uh, we also had a few more tweets in the week that are specific to Big Ten in the NCAA. And we are uh, – sometimes I think Boomer and I uh, running the account, we we troll <laughs> some of the other schools just because our teams haven't been very good. I get it. But um, the Big Ten, man, I mean, we get nine teams in this year. And last year, whatever it was, eight or nine – and we can barely get teams into the to the second week. And so uh, we were struggling as a conference. And here's Mike Farrell. If Purdue doesn't win the Big Ten, should lose all bursts next year. The conference has been awful. Uh, Inside the Hall, which I think is a Indiana uh, show, uh, Kevin Warren needs to get to figuring out why the Big Ten keeps underachieving in March. Today has been a complete disaster for the league. And then Dennis Schutte with uh, the Saturday traditions, he said Big Ten regular season versus Big Ten in the March Madness. And there's some – cartoons that i don't understand I that's don't from space jam that's from space there jam you go all right very good <laughs> and I, it's I an it like, academy movie so you haven't seen it that's okay. i thought maybe it was star wars or something I, i'm close enough that stuff. you know that um dave i came down to denver last weekend we hung out had a great time yeah. we watched a lot of basketball rob, it was I, rob yes, with rob I, rob was with us too <laughs> not i'm not i'm not neglecting you rob um we had a great weekend watched a lot of basketball to all those tweets points there um the big tens had a rough go at it, and i don't know why i mean look I, again i control them but obviously nebraska's not in it uh why what is going on why is it just the refing you, you hear a lot about that but is it sure sure i mean like it's interesting i can't remember who had this series of tweets maybe you guys saw this as well that they were um kind of dissecting the big 10 tournament and and you know it, it is the last tournament essentially before selection sunday and maybe Maybe they should change that because, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe the, the some of the best teams are are too tired because they played late on Saturday and then Sunday, and they have to turn around and play again on Thursday or something like that. I don't know, uh, but the the data was saying, well, actually, I mean, like a fair amount of the Big Ten tournament champions have done fine um, in the tournament over the last several decades. Um, so they they didn't seem to have any statistical data backing up that that theory that we should end the tourney earlier um i do think there's probably a lot more evidence to the fact that i mean like the big 10 promotes a different brand of basketball within the conference and the refs allow a lot more physical play to occur in conference games that directly impacts someone like fred hoiberg who likes freedom of movement in his offensive system um and it doesn't 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 play well to to his his goals of scoring a lot of points, um, and ultimately sometimes that can work in in regular season play. But then once you get to the NCAA tournament, NCAA refs are are tighter on that, and ultimately the Big Ten teams are at disadvantage, right? Um, because there is more freedom of movement, there's more calls uh, uh, on on big 10 teams and that impacts their, their performance. I mean, like, you know, I would say this year, I mean, a lot of this is being made out of, out of no, no one thought we were going to get nine teams in this year. Last year, everybody thought big 10 basketball was really good. There was some really high seated teams and they're expected to have a, a great tournament. We got nine in this year, but keep in mind that that included Rutgers uh, Indiana. And, Indiana and Indiana's play-ins, right? So mm. literally they are on the cusp. You take those two out, we're down to seven. 
Um, it's a very different. That's you know, still a large number of. That's still, still a large, large number, number, but we also have 14 teams that all play competitive basketball here, um, and and are, are trying to win. So I mean, I just like, I mean, like the play-in thing tilts that a little bit, you know. I, I think in the numbers-wise, I, I agree with you too, Dave. Actually, on on that as well as as far as the style of play goes, because it is, it's a lot of you know, bang them under the basket type of play. Like that's why we talked about like. You know, Walker, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Walker because I like the way he plays under the basket. That's a Big Ten style of basketball. And, you know, a lot of these teams that they were losing to were able to just get out. And break. I mean, it was it, the big joke during the Wisconsin game this week, right? Like, take the under because I think the over on that was like 135, right? Which is yeah, yeah. It barely got to 100. And, <laughs> and it barely got to it barely got to 100. They even said it like in the first five minutes of the game. They said, well, folks, mm-hmm. if you took the under on this, you might as well go cash that check now. And I mean, then it became a joke. Like by the time the second half started, his first team to 40 is going to win. And sure enough, first team to 40 did win. Yeah. Um, you know, Wisconsin lost that game, but it's just such a slow. I mean, you almost feel like they're trying to play kind of like the Hoosier style of basketball where no shot clock anymore. You know what I mean? It's just so slow. It's pass, pass, pass. Mm-hmm. Take the, take the, the, you know, take, take the, the shot from inside the arc or whatever. I, I don't know. It just, it just feels like such a slow down pace of play. And all you need is one team that's in better shape and can run the ball faster and, you know, outscore them by 10, 15 points in that because it's not Big Ten basketball. And it's – and uh, you saw it a lot. I mean, what do they have left now? Two teams? Is it two teams? Purdue, Purdue and Michigan, right? And Michigan yeah. was a team where nobody even thought they belonged. And here they are. Yeah, preseason, like, they were expected. To well, preseason they were, and then they lost to Arizona. Um, and then um, – yeah, but sorry, I had to throw that in there. But yeah, I mean, preseason they were ranked, and then they they fell off the map, and then a lot of people thought they shouldn't even made it after the Howard incident, right? So then, like, it's just, I don't know. It's the Big Ten's a huge enigma in, in the tournament every year, and give them four top teams and and leave it at that every year from well, now on. Because Dave, you're a North Carolina fan, you're happy, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it got a little bit sketchy there. You you left it about halftime, I believe, and you're yeah. like, oh, Carolina's got this. Uh, Carolina was up on Baylor at halftime around 14, 15 points. They actually extended that lead to 25, I believe, and Brady Manick, who was an OU transfer and it was just hitting everything, um, gets uh, kicked out of the game with a – a questionable flagrant two is definitely a flagrant one. I, I feel the flagrant two was a little bit too. That was a ridiculous. Call. That was a ridiculous. And um, they changed the, the the game. Ended up going into overtime, but Baylor expended so much energy to get back in that game, um, outscoring Carolina. I think thirty-eight to thirteen um, in the last ten minutes uh, that they lost in overtime. So I'll take the Sweet Sixteen, and that bracket's wide open. I, I don't know if you've looked at your brackets at all, but I mean, both Baylor. And Kentucky are out of that. So it's just, it's Carolina, it's UCLA, it's Purdue, um, and, and St. Peter's. So, I mean, back to Big Ten, right? Because I know we're not a Carolina basketball podcast. I mean, we are all just saying, oh, it's a disaster for the Big Ten. But, I mean, Purdue should be the favorite to make the Final Four out of that, right? So, I mean, does that change the perspective if somehow uh, Purdue and Michigan make the Final Four and you have two of the last four? Mm. Sure. Right. You know, so uh, yeah, the, still got a ways to go. The SEC struggled up to this point too. We're not the only conference. Yeah. And I, I guess when you have more teams in, you're gonna have more teams out. I, I will say that uh, I, I, and I, I legitimately thought Iowa was going to go deep. I don't know that I thought they'd win it all, even though I had them winning my entire you bracket. You lost a significant uh, free bet on, on Iowa. 
I did. I yeah, free bet that I could have done. By and the way, we were the watching sports... that game in an Iowa bar. All right, yeah. that was and that was probably the most satisfied I've been watching sports since 2020. I think that yeah, was so... probably and and I was really good. I didn't say a thing in the bar, man. All I I just God, I just had a big smile on my face watching that. It, it was. Oh. It's such a beauty. Yeah, Dave was getting me on to all the, the, the sports apps, uh, the betting apps out there while I was in Colorado, and it was a ton of fun. And, and yeah, you get all these free bets and these, you know, they're trying to build <laughs> one of them. They give you 50 bucks and you and you automatically get 50 extra. So all I, I had to pay 50 and I got an extra 50 and then I just cashed out. So I walked home with 100 from that. <laughs> I was like, that was easy. But I don't think that was their intention, but um. Anyways, one, <laughs> one of them was pick a pick any game, and I picked Iowa just to win. And if they win the first game, then I would get two hundred dollars of free bets. And it was like the next game. I didn't want to wait for some. It was like, sh- are you sure you want to take Iowa hockey? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I was like come on, it's Richmond. Whatever. They've got this. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> honky. What was your quote after that game? Losing fifty know. bucks was totally worth it. <laughs> you you looked at me and you said that, but you kind of kept your voice down because again, we're sitting in sports column, which if people don't know, sports column is a bar in Denver. It's a sports bar in Denver that's an Iowa bar, but they also yeah. have one in um uh, like right next to the Iowa it's campus. In Iowa City, yeah. yeah oh, is in Iowa. Iowa City. Oh, is that why? Is that what that yeah. is? Oh, okay. yeah. So they have a, they have a bar in Iowa City, and then they have the bar in Denver because Denver has a huge Iowa contingency here too. Mm-hmm. So, so Redcasters, this is something we've talked about this in the past, but um, during football season, and Dave, I'm planning to do it again next year or this this upcoming season. There is it's one of the most unique settings in the country is, is Lodo area of Denver that that downtown area where. I don't know. I've heard like Manhattan and maybe like Wrigleyville are similar to where you have a lot of transplants yeah. all in one spot. And so you have all of these viewing sites of like every team, like we could literally go from bar to bar to bar. There's the Wisconsin bar right next to the, the Iowa right one. Next to it. And they're all like, they're all so well themed. So, you know, you go to a Nebraska bar and they're, they're handing out runs but we've been to the swamp and the Rockies and, and, you know, the yep, Gators are right. doing the, doing that and and you go and we've had cheese curds and do we've done jump around it's one of the neatest settings and uh i'll try to do it every year and and we'll always do it i mean we it feels like you're tailgating in each you know each town of 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 the each school and um you know 15 16 bars later at the end of the day it's (laughs) (laughs) you feel like you do after a, a good tailgate but yeah, it's always a lot of right. fun. That's that's how Dave introduced me too. Like when I started going and watching uh, Nebraska games at, at a actually the Giggling Grizzly down in Denver, right? Like we used to go watch those on Saturdays right. uh, with you and you and your wife Katie and myself. And and uh, then after the game, like one of the traditions was Dave would find like whoever we played in the Big Ten or I think even the Big Twelve. They were still mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve when we first started. Dave would say, "Okay." Um, you know, let's go over to this bar and talk with the fans and just, you know, tell them great job, whatever, win or lose. Like it was, you know, and that was like, it was like this respect thing. And the funny thing is, is this bar that we'd watched, it was a Nebraska bar, but it was also a Michigan state bar. So sometimes you'd be getting like go big reds on one side of the bar and go, go white, go green on the other side of the bar. And it's not that big of a bar, but it was always a friendly environment. And that's the cool thing about Denver 99% of the time is, that's just how it is. You know, you can go and, and after the game, you can go shake hands with fans of the other team and all that. So, and that was fun to do on, on uh, Thursday, last Thursday too. So it was one of the slower St. Patrick's days, but yeah, I had yep, a great time hanging out with you guys. That was fun. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> and now around the Van Horn. What do you think? Should we talk a little baseball here? 
Around the Van Horn. Let's talk about all things Husker baseball, including a, another uh, debilitating weekend where um, after a 21-4 shellacking to the Islanders of, uh, what is it, University of Texas Corpus Christi? Corpus, Corpus Christi. Or Community Christi. College, as some people thought it was on, mm, on right. Twitter. Yeah. Which actually mm-hmm. is on an island, actually, that Rob has actually visited. Um, and they uh, they only took two of three because we were able to beat them. What was the, the final score? 13 to 12 or something like that? Yeah. In the game we did win. Yeah. Um, not a not a pretty week, and um, we really well, need to well, figure they won, out. They won, what, four in a row? Didn't they? And then and then got blown out the next two days. Well, yeah, they beat Omaha once, and then they had the, the sweep against uh, New Mexico State, and then they, won the first game. Yeah, there. Yeah, but, yeah. But their their starting pitching has just been, for lack of a better word, it's pretty much been trash the entire season. And you know, you put yourself in a hole in baseball like that, and you're just digging to get out the entire time. It's it's not a recipe for success. Mm. Period. Well, and Dave, they, we, we have a tweets of the week for, for baseball too. And Nebraska baseball coach was in a dark Will Bolt was in a dark mood after this one. Uh, has he ever been part of a game like that in his coaching career? Bolt said no, never, nope. And that's in reference to Sunday's game three, 24, 21 to four loss. Uh, right. This is what Cam uh, Chick, the captain, had to say about it. As a captain, how, how surprised were you? How did they win? Uh, yes, this was a bad one. Um, Probably one of the most embarrassing ones I've been a part of. Uh, nothing went our way. And we didn't help ourselves out when we needed to the most. Uh, we're making the plays, we're getting the hits. Uh, we had runners on, couldn't get them in. Um, anything that went wrong did go wrong for us. And uh, as a captain, you kind of just gotta go out there and lead by example and lead. But um, all of us, from top to bottom, we just gotta do a lot better than that because that was just embarrassing. So that was Cam Chick talking with a rifle practice going on in the background, apparently. Yeah, what was going on in the background there? <laughs> that was that was catch. That was the sound of the ball hitting the glove. They which is something that up. the defense is having a hard time doing <laughs> going to that. So we wouldn't recognize that sound very much. But yeah, that was the sound of a pitch hitting the, the leather glove. I don't uh, know. Our pitching anyway. our pitch they they're really good at pitching in practice, apparently, but not in the games. And and you know what? They don't I, I was way more positive going into the season, and I'll, I'll eat my hat on that too. I was like, give them time, give them time. But right now, man, I, if they. Yeah. Well, Rob, to that point, I mean, I think this weekend is where you, you know, have to say, figure out how they could turn the corner, right? If they're going to do it, it needs to start uh, this mm-hmm. weekend at home versus probably, you know, the, the other top echelon program in the big 10 which is michigan yeah because their and, game tomorrow was canceled because of weather right so, but i'm just saying like it, i mean regardless now i mean the, the idea of like hosting a regional all those things are out the door guys it's it's not that's not going to happen now you just nope. got to figure out how can you make the ncaa tournament and you do that by winning the big 10 right whether that's regular season or ultimately the conference tournament um that's how you're going to get in um, or finish very close to the top with a really good record, right? And because they're just not going to have the non-conference wins and the resume to do it else otherwise, right? So start this weekend. If you can somehow win two of three versus Michigan at home, um, and then you just start, you know, knocking off wins from there. But they, they got to figure out how to how to keep the scores within range and then have better clutch hitting, you know? Yeah, it's uh... – 
Get those bats going, boys. Yeah, and this is kind of just an important ga- series, too. I mean, because some of the other teams that had good off seasons, like uh, Maryland and Purdue, I don't even think they're scheduled. Do we even play them in the Big Ten this year? Yeah, I, uh, it does not sound I don't think we do, though. if I remember yeah, right. So, you know, it's you don't have a whole lot of room to make up ground on those kind of teams just from an overall yeah. record but perspective. It, so, yeah. But right now, though, I mean, from a conference perspective, it's a fresh start, right? I mean, that doesn't count. No, it doesn't. Um, but, you know, if you wanted to look good and get, get quality wins of some sort, yeah, those those would have been chances to do it, and we correct. don't even have those. So, yeah, correct. it's it. So, But Michigan, yeah, this is an important weekend, so. Like I said, if you got to turn it around, it starts here. Otherwise, it could be a, a long, long conference season, I think, for baseball. Yep. Yeah, I'm seeing Maryland's number 21, I think, right now in the the polls. That And the Baseball America one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's about it for the Big Ten. I don't know and if we still does it even make sense why we don't can't play everybody in the Big Ten in baseball. That just, yeah, that we just seems really odd to me. I never understood that for a lot of other conferences have 27 or even 30. Um, so we should at least have a, a couple more. I think the, the reasoning behind that boomer for years was that, you know, there was not a, enough depth in the conference that actually you're lowering your, your RPI by playing a lot of conference games. And so um, they would have more non-conference road games that would actually help them out. So, I mean, I think, I think that could be changing and maybe we could justify at least another weekend series. Well, at least they have a winning record at home. So maybe, you know, if we can get a bunch of home games, right. They're four and two at home right now. So, you know, and, and maybe that, maybe that's what it's going to take here is just play a bunch of home games, right. They play. uh, Well, as far as I know, Rob, they'll probably have 12 big 10 home games and 12 big 10 road games. That's usually Well, yeah, but you know, Hey, if they can go, you know, what, 10 and two at home and then, you know, go, go 500 on the road. Well, here's, here's the schedule. We have Michigan. We have a series with Michigan at home this weekend. We have a one game at Creighton series at Ohio state game at Omaha in the middle of the week uh, at home against Rutgers for a series. Then another Creighton game. We do play a series against BYU in uh, a four game series against BYU in Lincoln, North Dakota state, a one gamer, three games at Indiana, Kansas State, Omaha, home, one game each. Iowa, home series, uh, way series at Minnesota, at Illinois series, one game against Oral Roberts, and then Michigan State, home series. Um, to that point, we're not – doesn't look like we have, uh, you know, Maryland on on the schedule. I don't know – I mean, we just got to win games no matter what. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's going to be – That's my point here, I guess, guys, is like, I mean, we're saying like, oh, we're not going to get – matter who they wins. play. They just need right. to win. Yeah, they just need to win. And then, I mean, you finish as high in the conference as you possibly can. And you may have to, if you don't win the conference with that, you may have to go win the conference tournament. I mean, so, I mean, just that, that, it, regardless of if Purdue or Maryland, who apparently have the two best non conference records, are on the schedule or not, um, it doesn't matter. Go win as many of these 24 Big Ten games as you can and, and take it from there. Sage advice right there. That's all I got. <laughs> drop them. Just drop the mic. Just drop. Well, hopefully mic. you're listening. Just win as many as you can. All right. Let's uh, let's change it up this week and uh, let's do. Uh, let's start with Redcast Rob. I mean, my only parting shot is that 
the stickers came in. We've got some great T-shirts that we're either going to be uh, selling, maybe giving away here coming up real soon. So when um, I'm in town for the spring game, find our tailgate. We're either going to be setting one up or, you know, trying to set one up with with some people that are already tailgating, um, you know, and, and, you know, come hang out for a little bit and, you know, enjoy some time with the Redcast. It's a, you know, it's a spring game. So it's a Nebraska football game that we can't lose. And then uh, afterwards, I think Honky and I are going to head over to Haymarket and watch the baseball team, as as we were just talking about with uh, against Rutgers. So we'd uh, love to just kind of hang out and 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 shoot the stuff, I'll say, because this is a kid friendly show, and uh, you know, see all you Redcasters out there. Yeah, Redcasters, it, it, you know, reach out to Redcast Rob or or my or to the to the Redcast account on Twitter or or go big redcast at Gmail. If you guys are coming down for spring game, we still are kind of, we don't, we want to do something. We don't know exactly what that is yet. We want to tailgate somewhere and, and uh, maybe we can tailgate with, with one of you have a, have it be the red gate, the red cast uh, tailgating, uh, you know, home there. So, and I know we're going to do a a rapid reaction after the game too, Rob, uh, like we did last year. So we'll do a rapid reaction after the spring game, but uh, it should be a fun weekend. Yeah, and I, I like I said, if you're having a tailgate and it's something that you do traditionally around the spring game, let us know because maybe we'll just come join you. Yeah, we love to drink your beer. So. Yeah, yeah well, and I won't even drink your beer because I don't drink anymore. So <laughs> there you go. Boomer, I think we may start a new over-under on how long Redcast Rob's parting take is. Yeah, that was pretty impressive there too. And that was theoretically just one take, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah call, one take. Honky-ish? Is that is that well, he goes for uh, quantity, you know. Yeah, just sheer number of hot takes. This was just one long hot take. So. I prefer to call it yeah. quality. I, I wanted to do honky last, so there was more <laughs> more action on the three and a half to see if we could actually move the line. Um, Boomer, let's have you. Ah, uh, well, just a couple quick ones. Uh, listener Ken was asking what I was drinking tonight, and uh, like Rob, I'm for Lent. I've uh, sworn off uh, liquor for. For the Lenten season, so this is uh, just a mocktail. I don't have a name for it yet, but it's uh, muddled some basil and honey together with a bit of pineapple juice topped with uh, ginger beer and add some cherries and berries to it. So if anyone has a name for it, feel free to throw it in there. And I suppose once Lent's over, you could throw some rum in there and have something. I was just going to say, Boomer, what what alcohol would you throw into it to make it? it Probably rum or vodka would be pretty tasty in there. Uh, Once that's all over. uh, Just call it the Red Cast Rob. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, The Lenten Boomer. Yeah, that that works too. Mm, So, yep. And uh, also looking forward to the uh, interview with Tyler Kai so he can give us a full breakdown of uh, the plans for a Jumbo Steam statue and uh, the plaque (laughs) they're putting up for uh, uh, Baron Von Raschke for the Husker Hall of Fame. So I hope Tyler knows. Looking forward to those answers. Too. We are, we, are literally, we actually are literally going to ask him about the Jumbo scene statue tomorrow night. Yeah, we need that's, that and, on the, the list and Baron questions. Von Raschke in there, Rob. So I'll I'll send you all the info. So thank you. Yeah, please but, do. All right, Honk, get us out of here. Well, I, I just I have two almost kind of somber ones, but they're uh, one is uh, our prayers. They they go out to Husker great Adam Carricker. Uh He announced uh, this week on those Carriker Chronicles that he's having heart surgery, which I believe he had this morning. So uh, just uh, Adam, just want you to know, Redcast Nation, we're one hundred percent behind you. We hope you have a quick and uh, complete recovery. And the other one was Dave. You mentioned I, I left the Denver a little early uh, during the UNC game on on Saturday, and I was heading over to a buddy's house in Northwest Iowa, and. Um, Oh, this is interesting how this looks. I didn't think that would go over us like that. But anyways, uh, I took a, a photo. I, I was driving through Goodland, Kansas, and I was like, well, this is where, where Brooke Maringer's it was buried. And I was like, well, I, I want to go over and just pay our respects. And and uh, there's a photo there of that. And um, 
there's you know they put up Husker stuff around it and everything. It's it's a neat little tribute that they have there. And it just got me thinking. I mean, one of the all-time greats, unbeaten. Obviously, that was the the BTN special that they did on him, and uh, uh, it was just kind of, it was kind of a touching moment, I guess, to just driving through there and and wanting to stop and and give our best regards there. So that's absolutely that. very cool, huh? Glad you were able to do that. All right, guys, uh, fun show. Enjoyed it. Looking forward to the interview with uh, Tyler here tomorrow. Uh, for now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. GBR. A Huda Media Production.